Hi, this is Brooke with the Law Life Coach Podcast, and we're here with Marsha Wasserman. Marsha is a law practice management consultant and also hosts Partner Roundtables, Managing Partner Roundtables. Welcome, Marsha. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Um, Marsha, with your Managing Partner Roundtables, you have experienced all of these law firms going through a vast transition and trying to get up to speed with remote working and now imagining a whole new world of how their law firms are going to exist um, in, in this new realm. I'm curious, what are you seeing law firms take action on now? And how do you think law firms are going to look different in the future? Well, right now, they were thrown into being fully virtual. And that was a huge shock to the infrastructure for a lot of them. Some of them were prepared. There are also virtual law firms out there that were intentionally virtual and are very successful. One firm, one of the larger ones that's got over 200 attorneys has been virtual since 2002. So it isn't as new a concept. What's new is that probably the newest part is that the admin staff is suddenly remote. Lawyers have had the capability to whether it was through Citrix or go to meeting or whatever to work remotely for a long time and they tended to more so than the staff. So suddenly everybody's virtual and one of the challenges that firms have is how to supervise virtual people. How do you communicate with them? Firms that have summer associate programs about to queue up, how do you mentor and train a brand new summer clerk How do you onboard them? How do you know whether they'll fit your culture or not? Part of of that whole world is the social aspect of it. And Zoom is as social as we're going to get this year. So a lot of challenges, but also a lot of opportunities for firms to reinvent themselves because to the surprise of many, this is working pretty well. And people that we thought couldn't work remotely can as a matter of fact, and can be effective, can be efficient. But what you have to make sure that you do is communicate. I say communicate, communicate, and communicate again, because lawyers get caught up in their own little worlds and what they're working on and forget to have conversations with people. Very good point. And along those lines with communication, what best practices are you seeing the good managers, the good attorneys who are keeping, you know, everyone tied together in the ship? What what do they do different? Communicate. A lot of them are using Zoom or whatever platform their firm happens to be on. Some are having just social um, meetings if they're kind of small and their team is small. At the beginning of the day, they'll just touch base in a Zoom, in a five or 10 minute Zoom, just how are you, what's going on, unrelated to work, just so they keep that culture going and keep that connection. And then have regular team meetings, firms are doing their their calendar meeting that they, they typically always did weekly, they're continuing to do that. So the more that people get together as a group, the more the culture stays together, And then the other piece of it is they have to remember to do one-on-one meetings as well, because you can't walk next door and have a conversation with someone, whether it's in a mentoring capability that you're trying, a capacity rather that you're trying to do, or 
you just want to chat because you want to build a better relationship with somebody. So it's remembering to do that as well. And, and also how you delegate with the people that you're working with. The worst lawyers are not always the best delegators and particularly at a time like this where everybody's remote, they'll tend to pull it all in. And I advise against that, but there are attorneys who will do what I call the dump and run where you give something to someone, you aren't very explicit about what you need. And then when you get the work product back, whenever you get it back, you're upset going, oh, I should have just done it myself. But the reason it's poorly executed is you didn't put the right effort into it. So the best delegation that you can do is be very specific about what you want. If you want them to do a draft, you want them to do a research memo, whatever it is, be very, very specific about what you're looking for. And then be very specific about when you want it. Don't say, I need it by the end of the week. Say, I need it by Friday at 10. And let's have a check-in Wednesday to see how you're coming, if you have any issues. And when you get done delegating it, then give the delegatee a chance to repeat back to you what it is that they what they heard, which may be different than what you think you told them. Ooh, that is such an important key communication tip, Marsha, kind of just mirroring back or repeating back what you just heard to make sure that the communication is going right both ways, right? Absolutely, yes. Um, and, And that will help speed along the process. And if there are any glitches, then you'll be able to you know, figure it out at that time and say, well, that isn't exactly what I meant. Right. You know, check in. And if the work product isn't as good as you'd hoped, maybe you hadn't worked together before, then give them collaborative feedback. Don't just sit there and give them a red line document without any explanation as to why. Use collaboration tools to communicate with them find out what was challenging to them, what, what they thought they did right, how they, the two of you could communicate better in the future. And if they did a great job, thank them. <laughs> so many little nuggets in there. I'd love to just like tease those out a little bit. So you mentioned, um, you know, first of all, using collaborative techniques. Can you explain a little bit more what that means? Well, some collaboration could be a collaboration tool. Let's say you're using Microsoft Teams so that you could work on something together. So if you have to make changes to what they wrote and you're redlining it, you can go line by line and go, this is what I did and why. And, and then give them an opportunity to explain why they did it the way they did it. Sometimes you're wrong and they're right. So having an open discussion and, and also doing it as a learning experience, not by being hypercritical or yelling or losing your temper at them, but trying to be a mentor to the other person. And then if you're the one that's being criticized, be open-minded about it and know that it's a learning experience and not everyone gets it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And all of this, you know, is challenging, I, I think, face-to-face when you're in a normal situation, but even more so you know, when we're in a remote situation to make sure that, that, um, that nobody's feeling, you know, like that, like left out or that they're feeling like their feelings are hurt as a result of the conversation, but, but everyone's on the same page as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, think of the other person's feelings before you speak. Think of how, and also we're all very different. So, you know, the golden rule does not always apply. How you would like to be treated and talked to is not necessarily the same as someone else. If you're both different generations and you're delegating to somebody younger who's used to working in teams and used to having his or her input considered whether you know it's playing in sports or how they've dealt, been dealt with in their own families or in school, they're going to talk up more than somebody else of a different generation and they want you to consider what they have to say even if you don't think what they have to say has a lot of significance, be open-minded to the fact that maybe they're looking at it with fresh eyes and they may have something great to contribute. Mm-hmm. 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 Very good point. So I'm curious, um, you know, you're seeing a lot of different uh, managers go through, I, I guess, pros and cons in this, in this current environment. What are you seeing in terms of a biggest mistake that you're seeing law firm managers make right now? Um, in some cases, it's probably laying people off too quickly. I, I wouldn't want us to go back to 2008 and 2009 when law firms really regretted some of the actions that they took. So trying to hold on to your people, even if work's slow, use that as an opportunity to train them, to cross-train them on other aspects of their job if, if they're, let's say, support staff rather than attorneys. And there's so many opportunities out there. So some law firms are, are upset that staff don't wanna come in, even though technically it's, there's a question mark in, depending on the type of practice and where your office is located, whether you should even be coming into the office at all and, and being respectful of how people feel. Mm-hmm. Feelings are really important right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's had their lives upended. I'm curious, you know, you're, uh, I'm wondering about the future of the law firm and if things are ever going to go back to how they were, or if we're going to see a completely different, you know, physical environment, completely different technology. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think we'll go back to exactly the way it was, but some of it depends on the culture. Some of it depends on the life cycle of a law firm, the age of the senior partners and what they believe. I've been meeting weekly with the members of my roundtable, so I've been meeting with over 30 law firm managing partners a week since all of this happened, and one of them threw out, gee, you know, some of my staff work all the way out in Santa Clarita, and they have a terrible commute, and this is really working. So even when we're back in West LA in our office, although I don't want them at home all the time, Maybe they could work at home Friday and Monday and only commute three days a week. And that, you know, then they'll have more work-life balance and it'll work for all of us. And I've had other people say, oh, no, no, everybody has to come back to the office. It's so, and, and I think the people who have that rigid philosophy are going to lose employees. Mm. Because the lawyers have proven, the younger lawyers who've wanted work-life blend and have begged to be allowed to work from home more, they are proving that it works. And so the senior partners can't say, no, it doesn't. And LA in particular, where we live, there's a big 
a lot of people are on the road commuting and there's horrible traffic, so they can be more productive from home. I heard one person say to me, you know, I realize that I don't have to stay at my office till eight or nine o'clock at night, that I can come home, spend time with my family, have dinner, and then get back to work for an hour or two later in the evening, and I'm just as productive, and my family life is a lot happier. So I see a lot of opportunities. I believe law firms will take less space because they're going to have more hoteling. Um, of course, there's the immediate concern when people get back to the office about disinfecting space and airflow and the buildings, things, some things that are out of their control that are contingent on the landlord that I think will continue on for a while that will cause more people to work remotely. I read about one suggested plan for health reasons where you work in the office four days and then you work from home 10 days and that would minimize exposure to COVID. That was scientifically proven. So we're gonna see a very different workforce and some of it may continue. And I really, and the other big piece of it is technology. Lawyers hate spending money on tech or they spend it and then nobody gets trained. Well, this experience is showing that the firms that had cloud systems in place and paperless offices in place didn't miss a beat. Mm -hmm. And the ones that didn't have been struggling. So everyone has to be up to speed on the technology for the client's sake too. The clients expect it. I mean, a lot of law firms don't take credit cards still. Well, you know, lawyers know that if you go to a doctor or you go wherever, you pay with a credit card, your clients expect the same thing. If yeah. You want to have more than a transactional experience and you want them to have you as a trusted advisor, you need to come up with ways to make it easier for them. That's right. It almost feels like, you know, law firms have been lagging just in terms of tech and, and, and this is kind of forcing everyone to get back up to speed, um, you know, in this virtual world now. Um, you mentioned tech. I'm curious because uh, you probably see so, so many people talking about so many things that work and don't work. Do you have any favorites in terms of um, technology that you just see really making an impact or a positive difference in firms? Um, on the financial piece, if they have an integrated system, they have the ability to produce much better reporting. And right now with the economy and the shape that it's in, having at your fingertips the financial information that you need to manage your business and or make deals with your clients for payment plans, if you don't know what you're doing because you're in time slips and QuickBooks and nothing talks to one another properly and you can't get, you don't have a dashboard, on the financial side and, and on the supervising of your attorney side. If you don't know what people are doing, you by the time you find out, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So having the latest, greatest document management, accounting financial package, and on and on. There are a lot of things out there, regardless of the size of your firm. I'm curious, you know, I... Is there any, any last minute tips or um, thoughts that you'd want to share with our listeners? I want to challenge anyone who's a lawyer who's listening or watching that this is a great opportunity to reinvent your firm and to be client facing and client centric 
and and also continue to care about the people that are with you and and look for opportunities to to totally redesign what you do. And so there's people who have extra time on their hands right now. And the best leaders are transparent and they share information and they show the, the type of leadership that will get the firm in a much better situation as soon as this crisis abates. So surviving and thriving is is totally possible if you're paying attention. I love that. I, I saw a quote recently. I think it said, adapt or die. And I thought, yep, that's <laughs> that on, on point. Well, hey, Marsha, um, if anyone is looking to find you, uh, how can they contact you? I can be reached at my <clears throat> website, comprehensivemgmt.com. I can be called at 818-885-9080 or emailed at mwasserman at comprehensivemgmt.com. All right, wonderful. We'll send people your way, comprehensivemgmt.com. Thank you so much, Marcia. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and uh, keep up all the good work. Thank you. Thanks.